Welcome to Beyond Beauty, the Professional Beauty Association's podcast, where we take a deeper look inside the minds and hearts of the amazing artists in our professional beauty industry. I am your host, Leslie Perry, and I I say this every time, and I am so excited for our guest today. Um, I was thinking about this, Jamie, and I thought, you're like the OG of social media for the beauty professional. I mean, I, I really, I mean, it's like, I think social, I think Jamie and all that you've done as a result of it and can't wait to talk more about that and so many other things with you. But thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yes, of course. Um, like when you asked me, can I be a part of this? I was like, a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> I love everything you guys have done. I've been a customer for a long time and just to be a part of your world and to be a part of this. And I just love how much you guys are furthering the industry. So yes, when you asked me to you. be a part of this, hundred percent, I'm yes, down. Thank Always. You, thank you. So, sure. I mean, as we get started, I mean, I don't know where to begin, but I think I want to start like with the latest and greatest. Yeah. Um, with your launch with from uh, with Framar and everything that's been happening with that, and did you ever think or see yourself like your career heading in that direction when you started in beauty? Yeah, well, it's so crazy. So I have been in the hair industry since like 2011. Uh, so take it back. I actually was homeschooled my whole life and went into beauty school when I was 16. I graduated high school wow. at 16, went to beauty school when I was like 16, 17, and started in a salon at 17. So this wow. is back in like, gosh, not even 2011. This was like way back before that. This was... I don't even know, 2009, um, a long time ago. And, you know, obviously back when I started, you know, social media wasn't really a thing. I think there was like Facebook mm -hmm. and I had like a Facebook business page like back when I started, <laughs> but like Instagram wasn't even a platform. And so as I started to grow and like, you know, be an assistant and be, uh, you know, a commission stylist and then become a rental stylist, like really expanding into the industry. Um, that's kind of when social media became more of a thing and Instagram became more popular and then hairstylists were kind of using it to grow their business. And it's funny because looking back, back then, I knew eventually that I wanted to go into education. I knew that eventually I wanted to do something like this, but you know, I was a stylist just working behind the chair, trying to build my clientele. And I honestly did not think that going into education or being an industry leader was something that was on my plate at all. Um, I thought, you know, that'll be something that I do when I'm like 50 or like I'm ready to kind of retire <laughs> from behind the chair. I'll go work for a product company someday. or something like that. Like someday I'll do that. And I always knew though that I had a heart for education and a heart for seeing stylists and seeing them grow their businesses as well. So um, it was kind of funny. It was one of the very first things when Instagram started to become more popular and independent education was becoming more of a thing. It wasn't like only people that were working for product brands. It was actually these educators coming out and being independent educators. And I started to see that and I was like, oh my gosh, like I could potentially do this. Like with a platform like Instagram, you really could grow a community, an audience, um, and an education brand straight from Instagram. And I was like, okay, like other people are doing this. Like, I want to do that too. And the reason why I bring up all of this, just to kind of share a little bit of my backstory is because that was at the time when Framar was kind of becoming a known brand. At the time, they really only had like foils. Um, and, you know, there wasn't a lot of product companies out there. There were a few different ones that would provide foils. And then there were, you know, like color brushes that you would get with your color order as like free, you know, like, okay, you ordered 10 tubes of color. Here's a color brush with you. You know, like, like that's you get your brush color. that you get like yeah yeah and like even <laughs> i remember being a, 
a Goldwell product uh, company, you know, and like using their stuff. And like, you'd get like five color brushes in your order because you've been placed a big order. And like, that's how you got your tools or you'd go to cause or and they would have just like basic color brushes. And I remember Guy Tang actually being one of those big independent educators and coming out and kind of sharing stuff on YouTube and Instagram. And he was like by far the biggest educator at the time. And he started to share about this product company called Framar. And I was like, what is this? And I was watching <laughs> Guy Tang's YouTube videos, which by the way, he was like, I would say the pioneer when it came to YouTube education for other hairstylists. And he was using these bristles, AccuSoft bristles with Framar <laughs> brushes. And I was like, what is this? And these long foils. And, and he was doing all these balayage, intense color correction services. And so I was like, well, whatever he's using, I need to use. And the immediate, like first time I ever touched a Framar brush, I was like, this is a game changer. It truly is something that's very unique and very different from everything that was out there. And so obviously I became a huge fan of the brand and, and just like their tools because they worked and they were amazing. And, you know, slowly but surely as I grew as an educator and uh, I would, I hate using the word influencer because to me, I just, uh, it's got such a tarnished name, but <laughs> as a content creator, as an educator in the industry, um, you know, I'd go to shows, I would teach at shows. And as I started to go to these shows, I started to meet different brands. And Framar was one of those brands that I became really connected with um, and just became really close friends with Geo and French, um, some of the head people over at Framar. And uh, we just kind of stayed in contact and we just had a really great relationship. And over the years, it was something where I was like, gosh, I would love to have my own product line eventually. Like that's something that's like goals for me um, and not like shampoo and conditioner, like no, my own product tools, that would be something that would be amazing. But I also knew I didn't want to go into manufacturing. I didn't want to go to China. I didn't want to have to try to figure it out on my own. Didn't want to have to figure out distribution and all of that <laughs> stuff. And I also knew that I didn't want to compete with the brand that I loved. I knew that they had the top tools in the industry. And I was like, I'm not going to go in and compete with them. Like that doesn't make any sense, you know? Um, and I'm not going to create a lesser quality tool. So it's either I collab with them or I don't do it at all. And so yeah, about a year and a half ago, I kind of approached the brand. They had asked me, different opinions on things and they would come to me with different things. And uh, I pitched them the idea of creating a collection with Framar and uh, it kind of bloomed into this huge thing. And we ended up doing a whole docu-series around it, a five-part docu-series to show everyone, show stylists, uh, show people in the industry what it's like to create a product collection like this, what it's like to go from idea to finished product and the good, the bad, the ugly with it. Um, and yeah, it's been a wild ride, a crazy journey. Um, and as of the time of this recording, we just launched it literally a couple of weeks ago and it's been insane and amazing and so cool at the same time. Really a dream come true. What I love about the collection is it really shows that you, the products that you use as a stylist can, can serve the function and be very amazing from a functional perspective, but they can also look beautiful because it doesn't need to be the afterthought if you're thinking about your clients see this and you have an aesthetic and we're doing services in the aesthetic realm. Yeah. Why shouldn't our tools also look amazing while we're doing yeah. And that, that was the vision for it too, right? You know, we now see stylists and this was the thing that I shared with them. I said, we see stylists sharing their brands on Instagram. And, and back in the day, you know, when I first started in the industry, it was like your brand as a stylist was just like whatever salon you worked for, right? So whatever your salon's aesthetic was, that was your aesthetic. And now with Instagram and with things like salon suites or um, just even you're having your own business cards or having your own stickers, like whatever that looks like, 
stylists really are branding themselves as themselves, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, they work for salons, but they really are their individual businesses. And this is something that I've been teaching for the last six, seven years of like you, no matter what, if you're a commission stylist or a rental stylist, like you are a business owner and you are responsible for growing that business. Yes. The salon might bring you clients. Yes. You might get referrals from the salon, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a person in your chair, you're not making money. Right? So you are a business owner. And I think as stylists, really reframing our mindset to be, okay, no, I am a business owner. I am in charge of my future, you know? So to me, that was something that was really important with this whole collection was, you know, this is the brand of each stylist. Stylists are really showcasing their own brands and personalities. And with that, uh, creating an experience for their clients. And clients love to see those things, like the fun foils. What client wouldn't want that in their <laughs> hair, right? Or even just seeing you use a glass bowl versus a traditional plastic bowl, That's right? True. It just up levels that experience and uh, really puts our industry in a place of we are luxury services. We offer and provide services to the general public that aren't just you're just a hair stylist. This is just a salon. No, this is something that's really high end. It can be very luxury and or luxurious. And honestly, it's something where it helps elevate our industry to the point where people are taking us seriously. This is a real job. This is a real career and you can make a good amount of money doing it. And so um, obviously there's so much that goes into it with my vision with this collection, but um, you know, that's just a part of it of like really up leveling our entire industry. I love to hear that too, because at PBA, you know, we exist to elevate, unite, and serve the industry. And um, how do you help, you know, and, and when you work with your um, with your clients and, you know, mindset seems to be such a big part of that. And even hearing you talk about, no, it is a luxurious service. It is something we need to think about that. But how do you get to that mindset? Because it can be hard every day in the, you know, when you're in the day-to-day -day of it all, like to get to that place in your own mind of, no, what I'm doing is I am not just a fill in the blank. Yeah. This is something that I've touched on quite a bit and I've, I've shared posts about it on Instagram because it is so true, right? As a stylist day to day in, it's a lot of work. We're standing on our feet all day. We're tired. We probably didn't get to eat, uh, you know, a <laughs> normal lunch break. I haven't gone to the bathroom, <laughs> right? You're surviving off of iced coffee and, you know, whatever is heating up in the microwave really quick, you know, like our jobs are a lot. Um, but one of the things that I think we often forget about is we're not just a hairstylist. We're not just a salon owner. We're not just, uh, you know, an eyelash tech. Like we truly make an impact in our clients' lives. And um, for those of you who don't know, I actually don't work in the salon anymore. I don't take clients in the salon. I stopped taking clients in 2018 to go full-time into education for other stylists. But now I get to see the other side of the industry. I am a client. I do pay for my services. <laughs> I do get my hair done. Um, and it is wildly transformational for me to go into a salon and just to remember what it's like to be a client again and how it feels to get your hair done and how how it makes you feel after and how you feel, um, you know, just revived as a person, right? You feel so good. And I think we forget that as stylists of every day, every client that sits in our chair, we get to impact their life in some small way. And it could be something as small as making them feel more beautiful or more confident in their hair. But it can also be just listening to them and hearing what's going on in their life and to physically touch them and, and just to be that support for them. And we get to do that 
however many times a day, right? If you have six clients a day, you're getting to impact six, six different lives. And one of the things that I love to remind myself as a stylist and even as an educator, but the ripple effect that we as mm. individual humans have. And, you know, for me as an educator, I get to uh, hopefully impact stylist lives and then they get to go into their, their salons and hopefully impact their clients' lives. And then those clients go on and they get to impact their uh, spouse or their kids or, you know, their friends' lives. And then those people go out and impact others. And so just the ripple effect that we get to have as stylists is huge and something that I think we so often forget about. Um, but it's something to remember, especially on those hard days when you're having just a day, you know, whether it's a cancellation or a color didn't go right, or you're just having a tiring day, just to remember the impact that we truly get to make in every single person's life that's in our chair. And one thing that you you said, and maybe you don't realize you're saying it, but you you were saying multiple times, I get to. And I think mm -hmm. that's important to point out too, because often I think a lot of times, especially on those hard days, we we have that mindset of I have to, not yeah. I get the privilege of mm -hmm. doing something like this. Yeah. And I think, you know, it that kind of goes back to that mindset every day. And I'm not perfect at it for sure. There are days <laughs> no. that I sit down at my computer desk and I'm like, oh, I gotta do this task, or oh, I gotta do this thing. I'm like, more often than not, that happens, right? But kind of even reframing of like, I get to impact people's lives. I get to do this. I get to show up every day and and be creative in my job. And yeah, there are parts of our jobs as stylists that we don't like to do, right? Like sweeping and cleaning up all those bowls at the end of the long day and, you know, texting back clients. Like that's not the fun part of our job. But again, those things that we get to do this every single day. We're not sitting at a desk, you know, working a boring nine to five job or, or having to go, uh, you know, clean up porta potties like that's literally someone's job and that's not our job we get to be creative and uh, get our hands and hair and and to really just be around people which i think is something that's so special and so unique um and something that's just really cool and unique about our industry what do you find most fulfilling about being in beauty and now you said you know you're kind of in a different um in a different role within the industry now but what is so fulfilling like what keeps you staying in beauty yeah. And like I said, for me, um, you know, I see a different side of the industry. Like I, I get to impact stylists and I think about those stories. I obviously get DMs or, you know, comments on like my YouTube videos and stuff. And on those days when I'm having those days of like, ah, oh, I have to do this, you know, I do truly have to go back to remembering why I'm here and why I'm mm -hmm. doing this. And for me, it's, it sometimes comes in a form of a DM of someone saying, Hey, um, you know, because of you, I started going to cosmetology school or because of your YouTube videos, I now feel confident to be able to do this type of service or because of something that you shared on Instagram, I now am actually being able to get more clients from Instagram and make more money behind the chair. And, and again, the ripple effect of that of now I'm able to support my family and like all of those things are just so incredible. So those are the things that keep me going. I think it's that human connection side of just being able to impact stylists in so many different ways. And I think one of the things I have to remember too is well, yes, I do get those DMs and those comments. And maybe for you as a stylist, you get those those comments from a client sitting in their chair of just like, wow, you made me feel so beautiful. Or the text message after like, gosh, I love my hair so much. We have to remember that those are the few that we hear, but there's right. so many more that don't say anything, right? There's, there's those clients that are going home that are 
in love with their hair, feeling more confident. Um, and they don't send a text message. They may never even say something. They, they might even be the client that you're like, gosh, do they even like they their like hair, it. right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always those ones. And they're like, yeah, I love it. But they would never say that, right? And so it's like, we have to remember that the, the few and far between that we do here, those good reviews we do here, we have to remember that there's so many more people who aren't saying anything. And um, I have to remember that too. So yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've been in the industry a while and you've come so far and done so many different things. What advice do you give to younger Jamie? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, like I said, I started in the industry quite a long time ago. And um, back then, again, there wasn't social media. But one of the things that someone actually gave me as advice when I first started was uh, get your hands in hair. And I think that that was something that was so impactful because you know, as a newer stylist or even just as somebody learning a new service, maybe you're not a new stylist, but maybe you're learning how to do a new service for the first time or trying a new technique. It's like getting your hands in hair and just practicing it and doing it over and over again and, and not being afraid to fail, quote unquote, right? Because the first time you do something, it's never going to be the best time, right? Like <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely a perfectionist. And so I would I would struggle with, I would try something that wouldn't turn out the way that I thought it would, or, or I would fumble with my fingers and it just wasn't quite, you know, like my, wasn't holding the foils, right? Or just didn't feel as natural. But the more I did it, the better I got at it. And this is what I talk about when it comes to even things like social media. I have a lot of stylists or salon owners that come to me and they're like, gosh, I don't feel very confident on Instagram or you know, I've tried to do Instagram stories or I tried to create Instagram reels, but I'm not that good on video or I'm not that funny or I can never mm -hmm. figure out what to write in the caption. I'm like, you just have to do it in the same way. You just got to get your hands in hair. You just got to get those fingers on a keyboard, right? You just got to try it and you just got to test it out. And yeah, the first Instagram story or the first reel you make is not going to be good. It never will be. Um, in <laughs> fact, go watch some of my first YouTube videos. They're definitely not that good, but you kept them out there, there because <laughs> yeah, of course I keep them up there because it shows people how far you can grow and how far you can yeah. come, right? Like, and even still, I watched some even YouTube videos from a year ago. And I'm like, oh gosh, like yeah. they're not that great, right? Like even Instagram stories. I go back in my Instagram story archives. I'm like, oh my gosh, like. I've grown a lot and I still will continue growing. The things that I create and make today in two years, in three years, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I've grown so much from there. So just get your hands in hair. Uh, just keep trying things. Don't be afraid to fail. And I think like, yeah, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. So what do you, is there anything missing do you think in beauty right now? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like, you know, we've seen a big shift in yeah. the last couple of years. Obviously, COVID had played a huge um, impact in that. But I think even from there, we went from, I mean, like I said, I've been in the industry. Did I say 10 years? I think it's been like 12 years at this point. But, you know, <laughs> which isn't that so, long. I mean. It's not that long. It really is. I know. I, I'm not sure there's people <laughs> listening like, to this. Like, 2010 or something. I'm like, oh my gosh, 2010. Woo, I'm a <laughs> yeah. it was like 2010. Right. But Definitely I think, not in high know, school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for for me, there was there was this change in the industry where we saw like social media be mm -hmm. part of it, right? And we saw this shift. And and now that's I would say pretty normal. Like I feel like most stylists are on Instagram, most stylists are uh, you know, playing around with Instagram, some are on TikTok, some are learning other things. But you know, we saw the shift with social media and independent education and salon suites. We saw a lot of stylists go into salon suites. And I think, you know, over time, especially with COVID, I think we're going to see more stylists come back into salons. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that community again. I, I hope that in-person education becomes yes. something again. I know <laughs> we've talked about that, you, Leslie and I, like we've talked about that of just like, man, 
seeing how even hair shows have changed and shifted. And I think they still will. I don't think we're ever going to go mm -hmm. back to where we were five, 10 years ago. Um, but I think that that's good too. Like, I think that we are evolving so much as an industry and so quickly as an industry, but I think only that brings good change. Um, so yeah, I feel like the thing that I feel like is missing in our industry is that in person again, um, I have held retreats of my own. I've held live events of my own. I love in person. I think that there's something so transformational about being in person and and just being in a room of other stylists and seeing what people are dealing with and you know I'm not the only one struggling with that thing right you get to mm -hmm. see that um, and also getting to meet the people that you've looked up to or the people that you've learned from. I think there's something really cool about that. So that would be one thing that I really do hope comes back. I think it'll look a little different than how it always has, but I think that there's so much room for it to come back. And um, I'm just I think that you know having it be all digital. And obviously what I do is I teach digital. I only have online education. Um, so for me to say something like this, it's like, no, like I think that there is time and space for digital and I think that it's so great, but I also think bringing that in-person aspect to it as well. Yeah, like you said, like that sense of community, it's hard, you have like the online community and you can create that, but definitely that being in person, it just brings a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. so. Do you have a next big adventure? I mean, you already launched a line with Framer. I mean, what else could there be? <laughs> I know. Honestly, that was like the whole year was planned around that launch. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have a couple things in the works. You know, um, I have my online education. So that's something that's always, we're always working in and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. launching it, bringing new people in, um, sharing that with no, new people. So that's something that's really fun. Uh, you know, sharing Instagram education with the hair industry. And that's what I started with. And that's what I love to do. But um, yeah, working on some fun stuff for 2023. Uh, probably going to start dipping my toes a little bit more heavier into hair education. So um, yeah. that's something that haven't announced anywhere yet. So if you're listening to this, uh, yeah, you heard it here. I first, love it. But, I always get a little uh, nervous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, she got it out of me. No, I think I. You know, for me, it's like I. I truly love doing hair education. I've done a lot of it on YouTube over the last like four years. Um, so just kind of up leveling that and really bringing that in. I think for me, one of the big things, and Leslie, you and I've talked about this is just seeing so many brand new stylists come into the industry mm -hmm. and feel a little bit lost. Like, yes, our industry is moving at a really fast pace and new techniques are being created all the time. And there's so many amazing things that you can learn, but as a new stylist, that can feel really intimidating too. So my heart has always been for those new stylists that are getting in the industry, those cosmetology students, um, basically the Jamie that I was 10 years ago that didn't have these resources. So I want to create resources for them um, and for those stylists that are just like, I just want to get really good at the basics, build a clientele, build a solid business, um, and really have this be an amazing career. So that's my heart. Um, we'll see what comes with that. But definitely more education coming down the pipe. Love it. Love it. All right. One, one less fun question and then we'll wrap up, but what's yeah. your favorite decade? Do you have a favorite decade for the style, for the fashion, for the hair? Oh, so good. Yes. I love the seventies. Honestly, mm -hmm. like if I could have lived in the decade, like the seventies, <laughs> oh, 
like I was watching um like a documentary the other day on Woodstock and I was like oh like I feel like I was supposed to be born in the 70s like the colors <laughs> ever since I was little too like for some reason I was actually talking to a friend about this um like chartreuse green has always been a color that I love um I tend to go like more pinks and stuff and you see that like in my branding and stuff but that chartreuse green which is fun that it became part of the frame art collection you can definitely see nods to the 70s kind of mm -hmm. in that collection but the chartreuse green has been something that I've always loved and I was telling a friend that even when I was little I remember being like eight years old and my mom was like okay you can pick out a sweatshirt at Old Navy and I was like I want the lime green one and she's like <laughs> why that one's so ugly and I was like I love it and I think there's just something about the 70s that kind of had this like funky color palette the groovy boho hippie I love it so yeah I love it I can see that sure. too like I see that in you so it was funny I have to tell you so um, when my husband met you this year at oh. I SSE. He was helping out with the show. We bring in all the help for PBA. Yes. Uh, but he he's an engineer, so he's very much outside of the industry. And after meeting you, um, he said, you know, it's really interesting because most people, a lot of times if they wear, um, at the time you had like one of the little gems on your teeth. Yes, I still have it. <laughs> he was like, you know, most people I think, gosh, that's a little over the top, but that just really worked for her. Like her whole, her whole vibe. Like I was feeling that. I was like, how funny That's really interesting I love it. for you to notice it so anyway i mean yes you you fit the whole thing <laughs> i'm glad it works yeah uh, it's funny when i first got this people were like kind of shocked because i was like it's almost kind of like a piercing to be honest but i was like it's like a little a little one it's not like a full grill you know it's not right. a chunk but um yeah it's just kind of a little something fun but it is funny i do get comments on my youtube videos all the time people be like there's something in your tooth or tooth. yeah like um what's going on and then i always get self-conscious when people say that in person i'm like is there actually something in my like, and no, it's tell my, me, it's my or is it the diamond? Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, but yeah, no, fun. awesome. So, I before we wrap up, any other final words of wisdom that, that you want to share with our with our audience yeah. today? Oh my gosh, I just want to say thank you, first off, for having me. I really thank appreciate it. Here. And yeah, I think honestly, like, you know, no matter where you're at in your career listening to this, I think that, um, it can feel discouraging. I know we kind of talked about this, but I think one of the biggest things that's always been really helpful for me is again, just going back to the why, why am I doing this? Um, whether it's for your family, whether it's for you, whether it's for the creativity that sparked inside of you when you were in beauty school, or even just serving your clients. Like there's so many reasons of why we are stylists. And again, we do make such an impact in people's lives and we so rarely recognize it. So just remember that you make an impact in people's lives and uh, people are grateful for you for sure. I love that. That makes me feel like all the all the warm and fuzzies inside today. And hopefully, Good. <laughs> yes, hopefully those listening also feel that way too, because I do. I love this industry. It is, you know, part of me and my family forever. And I'm just so grateful again for you for being here and taking the time to meet with us today. Of so course. we will see you soon and we will yes. definitely be, uh, yeah, keep watching for more PBA and Jamie together because I know that we will, we need to start talking about for 2023, yes, uh, especially the yes. students in our Beacon program. So yeah. Put that out into sure. the universe right now. <laughs> yes, I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We will talk to you all very soon. Thank you.